0: Welcome to the Square Mile Boxing Innovators Podcast. Myself, Martin Theobald, and with me, I am delighted to be joined um, by the very charismatic, very jet-lagged, and uh, he's sat in front of a a whole whole cupboard of books behind him, um, Todd DeBerf, president of Top Ranked Boxing. How are you, Todd? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. We've discussed uh, discussed your tipple, your bottle of water for the afternoon, um, and you've just arrived in the UK today.
1: Yep, I uh, just got in this morning, uh, wanted to make sure I came out here and uh, got my feet on the ground after we made this new Sky Deal, and uh, wanted to uh, actually pretend, not pretend that I'm always on a Zoom or a video, but actually get to meet people and actually shake their hands and give them a hug and have a meal with people the proper way. Um, feels like we lost this part of our life for almost two years, and uh, good to see that uh, the UK is um, now up and strong uh, with your vaccinations and your COVID protocols because walking down the streets today was really uh, relieving for me.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And so how is it back home for you? Is it uh, the same as the UK or are you, you experiencing something different?
1: Um, it's uh, it's jurisdictionally different, right? So each, each, you go to New York, I mean, uh, you have a vaccination card. I'm actually, I'm, I'm carrying my vaccination card right now, just in case. That in the UK, I have a vaccination card and a COVID test in my back pocket because um, I was in New York uh, two weeks ago for the U.S. Open, and everywhere I went, I had to show my vaccination card, including the U.S. Open. Um, so, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, be fluid and figure it out. And I think each jurisdiction and state in the United States is has different uh, either, you know, higher, higher outbreaks or, you know, has it more managed. So they have different protocols. So trying to be as flexible as
0: possible. Excellent. So you mentioned about the Sky Deal. We're going to come on to that very shortly. I thought it'd be useful to frame before we get to that because there will be some people within boxing and kind of sport more widely who maybe aren't aware of Todd DeBerth within top rank boxing. So I thought it's important that we frame who you are, what you do, Uh, your role within top rank and kind of where the future is heading for you, which I realize is quite a lot to wrap into one. So if we start with your background, where's your kind of uh, your background and your route into boxing?
1: Well, my my route into boxing came in through, I was very fortunate and very privileged to have an early relationship um, that dated back to about 1988 or 89 when I was a a junior uh, in college. Um, I went to Trinity College in a small uh, a NESCAC school in 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 New England and outside of Hartford. I played hockey there. Um, and I came across Bob Aram, uh, became very friendly, um, and uh, he was uh, he is now uh, you know, my stepfather. He um, is married to my mother. I mi- originally met him while they were dating, um, but I always had a connection to boxing because I was born in 1967 in Las Vegas at um, a town that was, you know, usually, um, you know, looked at as Sin City or Rogue or, you know, not on the radar, used to bring big prize fights yeah. um, early on. And as a kid, I used to feel the energy of the town fill up as a result of that. So I always had a connection to the sport of boxing, and I always knew, you know, I'll never, you know, I always knew like when Sugar Ray Leonard and and Tommy Hearns fought, or Hagler, or I'd go get a haircut, and Larry Holmes was 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 next to me when he was going to fight when he was going to fight just before Ernie Shavers, and I was seven years old. I always had a connection to it, and um, so. I was able to. And in, and in 1993, after I'd gotten out of college and I'd been working in New York, I had the privilege that Bob asked me that, hey, you know, you, you've experienced a lot of the you've, you've met a lot of the people in the sport. You understand a bit of the nuances of the sport. Would you be interested in joining me? And uh, that was a, you know, an incredible moment. And uh, it was an incredible time for and it was a very fortunate time for me to be able to learn. And get my PhD, my master's, my MBA, and everything from somebody who has been a historic, you know, um, icon in the sport, in social um, growth throughout the world, and and uh, also the development of media. So that's how it started.
0: So it's not just the family link of your mother, Mary, and Bob, but you've got that that raw connection to the sport outside of it, and the two married together quite well.
1: Uh, I didn't have law. Uh, is that what you were asking? I was no, no, so sorry. Confusing. In terms of
0: your, your raw kind of connection to the sport. Oh, I, thought law. I thought
1: you said law. No, thought, no, no. An economics major, not a litigator. Uh <laughs> Bob was the litigator. Yes. Uh, yeah. Totally. Totally the raw connection to the sport. Um and 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 usually because you know It's 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 consequences. Right. And and, and it's also, you know, when um, being in Las Vegas, you know, we were striving to have an identity and it was it was it was always looked at as a gambling hall. And um, we didn't have fantastic restaurants. We didn't have culture. I mean, that much culture other than boxes with slot machines and, and card tables, right? We had some entertainment. Um, and I remember every August, Elvis used to come to the, it was the Hilton, it became the Hilton Hotel, but it was the International. And I used to, as, a, as an eight-year-old, sit in, in a banquet and the colonel would give me a hound dog and watch Elvis or, you know, or, or Cher would perform. And so we used entertainment uh, to bring people there, to have an allure. But there was nothing like boxing and there was nothing like being at these, you know, my dad taking me to the outdoors Caesars Palace as a child and and feeling the energy and everybody getting dressed up. And I didn't have to learn. You didn't have to learn the sport. Right. You just you knew you wanted one guy to kick the other guy's butt. That was it. And if it was Sugar Ray's smile that got you or if it was Marvin Hagler's bald head that got you, right? Um, if it was, uh, you know, Tommy Hearns's lanky right hand that got you, something connected you to the, to the sport. And uh, so I organically was exposed to it and organically through my geography, um, living in Las Vegas was able to attend many, many fights as a child.
0: Do you... What's quite interesting there is picking up on that reason to love somebody as a boxer, that kind of, that why reason. So you're picking up, you know, Hagler's bald head, whatever it is, that why you love somebody and you follow their career and you have a vested interest in seeing them do well. Do you try and impart that same psychology upon the boxers that you work with now to try and make them give us as fans a reason to love them?
1: I, You know, that is that is the the secret sauce Mm. Um, and that that secret sauce is is something that is, you know, in today's world, um, I believe it is much more attainable for all of these athletes. And it doesn't it doesn't just apply to um, boxing. I think it applies to your football, our football, NBA, baseball, whatever it is. The platforms that are that these that these athletes and these entertainers and even in, in entertainment and music, whatever, the ability that they can at their own fingertips through social platforms engage with a massive fan base all the time is at their discretion. It's at their discretion. Is, as a child we were growing up, or we don't even have to go back that long. We could go back. 10 years ago, five, five and a half to 10 years ago, we didn't have that ability. We didn't have that connectability between, you know, you know, celebrity, athlete, entertainer, musician, entertainer, and a huge public, a global public that could connect to you. So I think that today is the path forward. That today is how do we teach people? How do we get people in a positive way? not the ne- negative rhetoric and the vicious re- ways that people use these platforms in a negative way, but in a positive way so you can be exposed to things. And I think we tried the best. We are gonna u- we use our social platforms that are very robust to tell stories or to show profile of, uh, athletes. And we also use the platforms and the partnerships with Sky and ESPN and ESPN Latin America and in in Japan, uh, with uh, Wow, Wow, and you know all the, the conventional networks. So we're always doing this, but I think there's a sweet um, combination between the athletes understanding that they can do it themselves.
0: Do you directly involve yourself with that in terms of with the athletes? Because I, I know boxers personally from kind of world level championship to you know fighting around the small halls of the UK um 95% of the content they put out is them going for a run is them eating something is them hitting pads in the gym it's it's monotonous it's the same information over and over again so do you try and drive home to people that that isn't a message that's going to sell you to the public what will sell you to the public is finding out you know lifting the veil a little bit and seeing um seeing what people should invest in as a human being rather than just as an athlete?
1: We we try our best, right? We try to educate them. We try to inform them. We have a big social team that talks to their teams, tells them, can we have access? Can we help you? Um, We have some athletes that, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like Oscar Valdez is swimming with reptiles, right? It's like, this is crazy, right? (laughs) Um, And, you know, you—that's the beauty of it. That's what makes people—they feel it's real, right? The other stuff is a bit formulaic, and it's—it's it's, um, as you you use the word monotonous. It is, but it's also easy for them, right? They, it's easy. It, it's easy. It's easy because that's what they believe people want to see.
0: And that's their, um, job. <laughs> their job is to hit pads and. Um, but I always say this to boxes, you know, people don't want to see me filling in an Excel spreadsheet. That's not who I am. Who I am is somebody different than what I do nine to five.
1: Right. And I, and I think, you know, and I think that's why we should all, or, or us in, in anybody in the marketing business that looks at the influencers that are able to, you know, get people to follow them. If it's Kylie Jenner, if it's, uh, you know, Jake Paul, um, Jake Paul, Addison Ray, all these, all these different influencers and how they do it. Um, and, 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 and remember something, the content is bespoke to the platform, right? So it's not, it's not just, you know, taking the same content and pl- thrown it across five platforms. That is just, that's just wrong. Nice. You have to figure out, you have to figure out how to bespoke it. And, um, You know, I think, you know, I think in today's world, it's either really empowering uh, that if you use it correctly or it's a big miss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. Let's come on to the meat of uh, of what you're doing over in the UK. So for those that won't be aware, those that may have missed the news, there's a uh, agreement now between Sky Sports uh, and Top Rank, whereby Top Rank shows will be shown live on Sky Sports. Um, so, as UK viewers now, we get access to those US shows, and you've got the likes of Josh Taylor, who's fighting Jack Catterall over in uh, up in Scotland, um, and those shows will be broadcast exclusively via Sky Sports. So, I mean, for a start, tell us how did that come about? How did that uh, has that been a long time in the making that that agreement and deal?
1: Well, I've been I, I've been knocking on the door for fifteen years. well? Um, my. Like, it's all bloody. It's like, (laughs) it's like, knock, 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 knock. It's been something, it's been aspirational, right? It's been, this has been a place that we've always wanted to be. We've had occasional big fights. If it was, I think, uh, uh, De La Hoya and Trinidad, we had uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. We had some big pay-per-view fights that were occasionally on the platform, but we really we really were, um, we were always looking up to sky and, uh, and, you know, I had a deal, um, uh, prior to sky with satanta, but I always aspired to be on sky and, uh, they have done, I mean, and, and it goes back to pre Barney Francis to Barney, to, to, um, to the, even the, now the current regime, they've done such a wonderful job, you know, um, developing the sport, uh, promoting and uh, you know really positioning it uniquely for this for the fans of the UK, and I really believe it's almost like a it's like a almost like a, a Harvard case study on how you take a sport that really wasn't positioned correctly and re and just reestablish it by positioning it and putting the right light on it and seeing how. Robust it is and how the fans are so connected to it and how it hits so many different cultures and how global it is. And I think Sky's done a brilliant job. So it's really an honor and a privilege to be able to carry their flag um, through this. And uh, it works in great harmony with our big ESPN deal that we have in the United States. Um, And that was a deal that was made a couple of years ago where we moved everything off a premium cable and made it and put it on a mainstream sports channel Um, so it could be up against the NFL and college football and NBA, similar to what had occurred here in the U.S., in the U.K., I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So is the is the agreement uh, is the agreement two ways? So uh, ESPN will get the matchroom content as well, or does matchroom content presumably and not matchroom Sky content? So any of the um, boxer and Wasserman shows do they go back the other way to the US, or is it purely a, a top rank to Sky Sports agreement?
1: It's it's a it's a top rank to Sky, um, and then on the Sky platform, if the content um is which we feel very relevant that they're doing outside of our content that we're providing um we would then uh possibly use that and bring it back to the u.s so they have the opportunity so obviously you get with you know, on, in our umbrella you get both automatically right but we're we're Looking at the, if it's, uh, I think there's an upcoming Eubank fight on, on Sky and Boxer has a tournament show. So we're looking at our scheduling and looking at how pre- the premium content and how that works and how that'll work for the platform in the United States.
0: Got you. How much of the um, deal was hinging upon where Eddie Hearn took Matchroom? So he's ultimately ended up going to DAZN and taking his product um, both in the UK and internationally onto DAZN. Um, which leaves that void then within Sky Sports, which has been filled domestically via uh, Boxer and with some agreement to Wasserman. So how much of it was waiting on the kind of machinations of boxing in the background before you could make your move and become another body on the Sky platform?
1: Well, I mean, I think we were always making our move in the UK, and I think it really just depended... um, uh, we we wanted to position ourselves um to try to reach for the top and we felt that sky was the top and we were will we were going to be patient and wait out to see what that if there was an availability for us so i think in a perfect world um you know it's we didn't the gold standard in europe in our opinion um and maybe even globally today with ESPN has been sky and how they've, and how they've curated incredible matches, have an incredible fan base and done a wonderful job with the, with the, with the boxing property. So for us, I was like, we all believed that would be the place to go. If we could get there, let's try to get there. And so we were patient, frustrated, but patient and waited to see um, what those moves would be and what the decisions would be from uh, Sky and their previous uh, content holder, Metro.
0: Were you tempted to look at the kind of off-lineal TV route? So in America, you've got ESPN Plus as well, haven't you, which offers people the ability to view it on mobile phones or um, smart TVs. So it's got the app aspect of it. Um, were you tempted to look at that in the UK or was it always focus, focus, focus upon the Sky product?
1: I you know I don't uh, I would say that that that's you you kind kind of have me a little bit like thinking about that because I'm going to show my own vulnerability here. So when I when you I went we ES... love it in
0: Brits Todd it's fine.
1: <laughs> so when I when we went to, went to ESPN we had a largely it was for ESPN linear, and we added a, la- a layer of that into ESPN plus, and. When um, we did, uh, we actually launched that in a, and I don't remember the year, but it was that we actually took back a fight where Amir Khan fought uh, from the UK in April of, I want to say it was 2019. It was one of the launch, the first live events.
0: Bill LeGret, <laughs> maybe, something like
1: that. Yep. There I- you go. <laughs> You're better than me. And then in June, I did uh, Terrence Crawford and Jeff Horn on ESPN plus and my own naivety, um, I felt that I was going backwards. I felt I was going backwards. I said, I made a move from premium cable behind a paywall to go to open air to 90 million homes to be on ESPN. Why am I going to a, a now a pay app that has such a small universe? And ESPN explained to me what their strategy was And what they wanted to do and what ESPN Plus represented and how it would live coexist with the linear perspective. I said, okay. And you know, it was very difficult because my I advocated to all the athletes, you don't want to go behind a paywall. We're taking you outside the paywall. Then three months later, I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. I'm throwing them behind a paywall. And I'm like, you guys are really making me look like oh my, like a total schmuck. (laughs) So I was like, you know let's figure this out. So we did it and the amount of noise and the amount of just sheer um, uh, awareness that ESPN linear was able to create for Crawford and horn that was on plus on their platform and elevate it and say, buy it, go to ESPN plus, go to ESPN plus, you know, it was it was marketing beyond marketing you couldn't you it was it was on the lower thirds it was on the radios it was on their billboards it was coming in between nba games and everything like this and then a year later that then was mirrored when tyson fury had his first fights on espn to drive subs and espn linear drove it again to espn plus so i think that in that world right they they coexist, right? They they work in harmony. You can dovetail, right?
0: dovetail one into the other.
1: Right, right. And I think they're, they're, they're really complementary products, right? And you could do some nice, gritty shoulder programming for some long form stuff that if you want to go deep dive into a fighter's career or what they're doing or what they look like, or who they are, you could do that on that platform, all right? Um, and not have to worry about the appointment television issue, right? Like, hey, we got a football match coming in, or we got to go to the news. It's like there is none in a DTC world. So I think that was the perfect combo, in my opinion. Um, so when it came down to what I thought about Sky, was I still wanted to stay, stay with my inherent belief that awareness equals currency for everybody, right? Mainstream, and today. You know uh, you know it's it's changed drastically because I could we could now argue that the most the most broadly distributed platforms are social platforms in YouTube right on a global basis even broader than any linear thing but I would still say I would stick with that right that the linear perspective was your first place and then pivot or complementary have a product that could give you deep dives on a DTC level yeah so but <laughs>
0: Excellent. That's fascinating. Thank you, Todd. Um, I wanted to, go you back to the, Yeah, I did learn something. Is, uh, that was good. Um, going back to the, the agreement, the Top Rank Sky Agreement, is it just for live content, or is there a background vault of um, footage and fights that are going to be available as well to broadcast? Yep. Yeah, they, we
1: call it the the 360 approach, the entire vertical, which will include a lot of the great classics that Top Rank has to live um, into you know look at in the future and so and shoulder programming so it's a, it's a really 360 approach to the whole sport positioning of the sport
0: okay so sky will have access to all of those fantastic yep. years and years of events absolutely excellent well that's great news for uk boxing fans in that we've kind of lost that over the years it's you know we get classic fights occasionally broadcast but uh, it expands the options
1: I think, you know, I think one of the things that's, you know, is, you know, there's something special about prize fights and you can talk about a prize fight and most people will remember where they were. Yeah. For some reason, it's like, remember Lewis and Tyson? Oh my God, I was in my dad's living room. Right. And they, and they start to reminisce and recall what happened that night. Right. Or they were crammed in a pub right? When Hatton was fighting Pacquiao and they knew for sure Hatton, and then they're like, Oh, and everybody threw the beer everywhere. I got, went out. I was, you know, you know, but people with prize fights for some reason, they really has an indelible mark on their memory.
0: It's true. It's true. People will remember where they were when Joshua lost at a weekend. It will, it will stick in the memory. Um, How likely is it that we'll start to see some of the US stars come over to the UK as part of the deal? So the likes of Lomachenko, Terence Crawford, will they start to appear in the UK more often?
1: I think uh, absolutely that, you know, when we, when, when Lomachenko came here against Luke Campbell in, in a way in August of 19, I mean, it was a wonderful turnout um, because of Obviously, there was a, a, a number of things that came together, which was he fought here as an amateur, right? He was known as the greatest amateur of all times. Uh, I, I think for sure that you, even the inner of the world would work great here, right? Who is just the monster is just so exciting, so powerful. Um, I think all of those work well. Um, and I think that's what we're going to be doing over the next coming months is discussing the strategy of how we do that. How do we you know, dissect and uh, dissect the stable and break it up and use, the, use the, the calendar to position big events on the right time with both local uh, stars and global stars?
0: And does that strategy involve more recruitment of UK boxers? So whereas at present, you've got Tyson Fury, you've got Josh Taylor.
1: Is there a plan to, to build that? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, in you know, out of the Olympics, we signed Michael Conlon, um early early on uh, because of obviously the 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 sizzle and the you know his his after his defeat, his uh, expression in the ring was very uh, eye dropping to all of us and got our attention. So. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're always looking, we're always looking at new talent. We're looking to develop it. That's really, really what Bob and top rank has always been about is, you know, is taking the seed from the kids of an amateur. If it was Oscar de la Hoya to Floyd Mayweather to Miguel Coda and planting that seed and developing and making these guys just mainstream stars. And that's our objective that we're going to do across the world um and using our platforms to do that and using our matchmakers and our expertise and and bringing fight fans new stars every day
0: so reading between the lines there it isn't necessarily that the objective is to build a uk stable the objective is to get the right uk talent um i i you know i think there's a balance i don't want to be i don't want to be
1: pigeonholed into anything right i I want to be flexible Right, I want to be flexible based on what the needs are and where how we see the market moving. Um, it's a very competitive market here. Uh, you have a lot of good fighters, um, and we think that there's a wonderful solution between being able to have huge awareness in the United States and simultaneously huge awareness in the UK. It's the perfect. It's the perfect matchup. And as we talked about it, you know, the more people can get exposed and be seen. The, more, the higher their, their uh, profile becomes, the more fans get interested, the more money they can make, the bigger the whole industry becomes. So I think we have a, a, a really good connected partnership through our skill sets and our media partners, and we want to exploit those.
0: Without going into the details or wishing to go into the details, how big a headache was it to secure the Tyson Fury fight onto BT Sports? given the Sky contract that's come about? I mean, that wasn't...
1: No, I don't... There was no headache at all with that. I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, Tyson has his own personal uh, arrangement with them um, and has had a long history with them. And, you know, it very... There is no... You know, it was very transparent and open in the conversations. And, you know, and that they did the last fight um and they were successful in that and hopefully they'll be very successful with this fight and i think honestly i think as a result of of a um an as people would say a very shocking result that happened on saturday you know we may see even a lot more interest than previously people would have said hey i've seen three fights i don't know if i want to see the. i've seen two i mean i want to see the third but i disagree with that because deontay wilder's got dynamite in both hands and he can he could knock down you know you know Big Ben with one of those things.
0: And I mean Saturday night. So for reference, this is two days after uh, Alexander Usyk beat Anthony Joshua. Um, obviously, all of the talk beforehand was about the roadmap to getting Joshua and Fury in the ring. Um, talk of 2022. How much of a spanner is that? That it's now no longer on the table at present, or does it actually make it easier if Usyk were to win their rematch and Fury beats Wilder? Does it actually make it a little bit easier if less profitable?
1: I don't know. I, I, you know, I, you know. I don't like to look too far ahead, right? Because sometimes when you look too far ahead, you have surprising results. Um, if it was Lewis and Rockman, if it was Tommy Morrison and Michael Bent, I mean, I could go down the list of looking too far ahead. What I would say is, I think Saturday's Saturday's result as as bad or as disappointing it would be to see Furian and Joshua fight, it actually just proved what we've been saying, that there's a boxing renaissance going on. And the heavyweight division is the center of it. We now have a new name, a charismatic name, who fought brilliantly and heavyweights are heavyweights. And when you have unpredictability in what you think the result is going to be, and when you have evenly matched fighters um, and the, and the the crown changes hands, right? It keeps people interested because they don't think there's a predictable nature to who's going to win. And I think, in um, big, big fans of the Klitschko's, very big. I think they were great fighters, great champions, but that that suspense of if they were going to win or not really wasn't, you know, it wasn't at, at risk that much. And for a decade, they held on to the titles. Yeah. And for a decade, we created kind of non, you know, there wasn't that that pop of interest, that pop of un, the unexpected. And I think. Saturday's result mixed it up.
0: Circling background to you, Todd. Um, I mean, obviously, with Bob still being very much front and center of top rank, he's the face, the voice, the people everybody, the person everybody kind of associates to the brand. Um, you know, Bob's 89 years old. At some point, presumably he'll look to step away, although you know, he doesn't show any signs of it right now. Is the longer-term plan, so say. 10 15 years from now is it that you step in and become the the front of top rank
1: well i think there's a you know i think the the, the front of top rank is we have is we're a team right so we have a we bob and i have a great team partnership and we ex- We work on his strengths, and he loves to sit and schmooze and talk to you guys and go out there and and say things I would never say. <laughs> uh, and probably he says things that most people would never say. Um, but and 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 you know get his views on and positions on situations, and he can be controversial at times, and sometimes he can be adoring. Um, and I think from my perspective, um, you and I are having a wonderful chat right here. It's not all about, I don't do it in a Bob Arum way. I do it in my own way. Um, I can be, have a, a dialogue just like Bob, but I'm probably not going to offend somebody or say something. <laughs> um, but I, I've always appreciated the, the business side of it. Right. And the business side of it is really is something that is so like intriguing to me. And I think, um, in today's world of media and new media and sport and all of these elements, um, I think it's exciting just to be in, the, in to be a, a one piece of this in, this live dynamic um, in sports, and I think it's empowering for us as content holders. And I think the more we can talk and, and communicate to all of you guys and show the vision of 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 how, what makes boxing so great like saturday night i mean those visuals of sixty thousand people or how many people there it was lit up the way it was produced the way it was i don't care where you were it sucked you in yeah. It such from all perspectives and that is what i love to see i love it it makes me it makes it just shows how robust the sport is it shows how how powerful and connected fans are to it And it makes boxing at the highest level on a global basis.
0: And that leads me on really nice. The last question before I leave you to go and get over your jet lag and uh, start to explore the UK um, was just to look at, are there ideas, are there, because as you say, you're focused on the business as much as presumably the sport is actually, how do you revitalize the business and keep that ahead of the curve? Um, Have you got things that you want to implement that over time, over the next, say, 10 years, We'll start to see your ideas bleed into the business side of things.
1: Well, I mean, I I think I think our where we are today has been a lot of the partnership between Bob and I. Um, I mean, and and I think our partnership um, expanded by by taking the risk and jumping off of HBO and premium cable and taking it to ESPN. So I think that changed it drastically. Um, I and I think that. Are our, our, and I don't mean to say this in a, in a, uh, pat on your back, you know, top rank does it better than anybody and brag about it. But I think we have activated our social platforms, um, you know, as, uh, and committed more resources to original content, to capturing content, to, you know, keeping fans activated and really leaned in on all the social platforms. Um, and I think, Those things are things of the future. Those are where you need to be. Um, And then there's the, the, you know, figuring out how you center synergistically, uh, you know, approach that with your media partner. So I think you don't look, we don't, I don't look at ourselves, myself and and our company as just an event-based business. I look at our company as a media-based business. And now it's important for us to continue exposing the, the fighters, exposing storytelling, exposing the granular side more than just eating breakfast and hitting the pads, like you just mentioned about the fighters, right? And getting deep dives and letting the world see it. And I think you can't project 10 years from now, I think 10 months from now, the way things are moving so fast, you you always got to be ahead of it. And I spent a lot of my day looking forward at other things that are out there than just what is right in front
0: of me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate your time so much, Todd. And um, I wish you all the best with the, the link up between top rank and sky for sky sports fans. You'll start to see more and more of the, um, of the content feed through into, into sky sports complementing what they also have in the boxing arena. Um, and yeah, it's an exciting time for the sport and exciting time for, for top rank kind of generally. So Todd, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the UK. All right. Thank you very much.
1: And I'm sure you enjoyed my library view behind me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a pleasure. For more interviews and features with some of the most engaging personalities in TV and film, music, sport, and culture, go to squaremile.com.